You're listening to WYDG Gaming Radio. In this episode of AV Underground, we're talking to you about what we've been up to in the meantime, and we get an old guest from season one back. Coming at you. Now listen to me, brother man. I'll tell it just so you can't understand. We got a whole lot of more discovering. Don't act like you know how to know in the universe. You can't flow from the first to the next verse. You're a manifest of the effect of a cause without a man. But you're not a lost cause, brother man. Now hear me out, sister lady. Keep hoping for the sun when it's being rainy. You have a special kind of responsibility. The ability to channel out of entity. Tap into a sacred symmetry. Grown foster child into infancy. All my sisters out there with powerful souls. Keep your love strong. Greetings, everyone. Welcome back to AV Underground, the podcast where we talk to you about what it's like getting started as a content creator. I'm Josh Needham. I'm MJ Watson. Hello there. I was it's, a little off there. It's been a little while. Yeah. So when you're hearing this, welcome to 2019. It's a strange new year. Cars are flying. <laughs> sidewalks are moving. We lost track of the ground uh, a few months ago. It is still gray in and, Massachusetts. Um, oh, yeah. It's still gray. We got uh, the skyscrapers like the Jetsons got where you can't see the earth anymore. It's just so covered in pollution. It's crazy. Like, times are nuts. But that's just the snow. And we're still here podcasting. That would be a great concept. I think that was like a Jetsons movie concept when uh, Elroy fell to the surface. Okay, I don't know any of the Jetson name characters, but I know what the Elroy's the child. Okay. So, Elroy, I think, unless this was a fever dream. Someone correct me if I'm wrong. But there was a whole thing because, like, the Jetsons, you never see the surface. They're always flying from, like pillar to pillar basically and there was one i think it was not the movie that he fe- elroy fell to the surface and like the world's destroyed <laughs> like all it's down there is like discarded robots it was very um wally-esque uh wally-esque astro boy is the one i was thinking of the cg movie that was done back in like 2008 i oh, think yeah 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 um I thought about that forever that movie was so good but I'm going to have to go back and watch that now. I miss the old, like, CG films that, in, like, the Pixar era. I know we still have them coming out. Right, but right. I feel like right around the point when WALL-E came out was, like, a lot of people were doing CG yeah. films. But I also felt like people were, like, I feel like people were also like, wow, this is a lot to take in. These are a lot of difficult subjects, especially, like, WALL-E. So they're like, let's let's cut this down a little bit. And it's <laughs> WALL-E like, was so good, though. It was so good, but, boy, it was a tough movie. And so <laughs> it's also tough talking about movies when we are a, a content creation podcast. I was just about to say that. <laughs> so that's our, our tangent for the day. Welcome back. So it's been a little while. We've decided to make some adjustments with the show. So let me start by saying Happy New Year. Welcome to Season 3. We're glad you're here. It's been a, it feels like it's been forever yeah. since season two. We took a one month it was a one month hiatus before we started recording again. Right, and even that felt like an eternity. It did. It truly. So did. I guess I want to start with um, what have you been up to in the meantime? Uh, I've been up to a lot actually, which has been interesting. So for those for those of you who listen to Never Made Varsity from this podcast, my last episode of Never Made Varsity recorded, I was talking about how I was basically rebooting Never Made Varsity, and um, yeah, I'm in the process of that. And it's been uh, it's been exciting and very uh, nerve wracking at the same time because I'm at the stage now where I'm I'm basically I could see the finish line ahead of me of gonna be I'm gonna be getting into streaming I'm gonna be podcast I'm gonna be going back to podcasting once a week but I'm also gonna be streaming now adding something completely new something that I've never done before to my plate and basically I'm trying. It's a very new point in my life and a new point in my content creation field that, like I said, it's just. I'm excited. I'm so excited to start doing this, but it's so nerve wracking at the same time because it's just I don't know exactly what to expect. And yeah, that's kind of that's that's really all I've been doing for the past month is just prepping. A, well, as you know, prepping a, prepping a studio, my own studio at my house. And yeah, just right now I'm very much waiting. If we're talking from this point, I know this this podcast is going to be coming out in 2019, but from this point, I'm about two two weeks away from beginning streaming twice a week and yeah it's yeah <laughs> like I don't I don't know how to think of it I really I've gotten to the point now where I was just mainly 100% excited about it and now I'm at the point where I'm getting closer and instead of being 100% excited about it I'm like wow this is I've got to get ready now this is a lot of different shit and like that happens everyone has that thought but still it's like yeah I'm at that point now and it's it's interesting to say the least I think you're going to end up having a lot of a lot of good times with uh, the new setup and doing things on Twitch, being able to interact with your audience. I'm very excited for everything to start up, really. Yeah, I, I am, too. Like, it's it just it's I feel like I'm being tugged between two sides because I'm so excited for it because 
I don't know if it's going to be just like podcasting because I don't want to sound cocky here. But the first podcast that like we did together when I first came in here and recorded a podcast, I was like, oh, shit, I can do this. I was like, I was like, I didn't know what my first one was going to be like. And I was like, no, I can do this. I can talk into a microphone. I can I can do all that. That's fine for me. And then podcasting for another three months, it was very much a. very much, uh, it was very much like a training exercise for me almost as much as it was like getting an audience. Cause I really wanted to see if this is really what I want to do. Like, yes, I can do this, but do I want to do this every single week for like possibly the rest of my life, probably the rest of my life? Like, do I want, do I really want to do that? And like, to be honest, I do. Like, that's, that's kind of what I learned from the three months is like, yeah, I really do want to do it. And what else I learned from that is I want to step it up. I want to do more. I don't want to just do one podcast a week. You know, I want to live stream. I want to do all sorts of different things. So yeah, I think I think it is the step in the right direction. Overall, I think it is very much the right, ch- I made the right choice. Like obviously I'm not going to know for sure until it's done, but I'm pretty sure I made the right choice. And luckily, thanks to you, I've had a lot of help in setting up the studio and it's been a easier transition than I thought it was going to be. So yeah, it's really just waiting until it starts at this point. Honestly, I feel like that's the point I'm at now. It's just, I'm going to, I'm going to feel that nervousness, but it's just a matter of just getting through it and doing it. The anticipation of anything is always greater than whatever it is you're anticipating. Right. And unfortunately that works both ways for fear and for excitement. Like the anticipation of Christmas morning always seems to be better than what actually happens Christmas morning. Right. Exactly. And the fear of doing something, the anxiety of doing something is always a lot greater than the actual act of doing it. Right. So I feel, I feel it also comes to the fact like as someone like seeing you with Twitch for the past, like a lot of months now, actually. Yeah. Seeing you do Twitch and like getting more into Twitch, I realized it's a, it's a lot of it. It's a much different beast than I thought it was. Cause I first heard of Twitch like four years ago and I was like, Hmm, like this seems cool. Like gamers can stream like that seems neat. And now it's like, yeah, it's still that, but it's, it is a much bigger beast now. And is a much, it's a beast that's a lot harder to tame than I realized. And there's a lot more to it than I thought. And like, that's kind of, it's, it's just been a lot of that. Like, I'm ex- it's I think that's what's maybe mainly making me more nervous. With podcasting, it was kind of like I've got it down. I know how to edit a podcast. I know how to record a podcast. I know how to sit down and have a conversation for an hour. I can do podcasts now. But it's like I've never done a Twitch live stream before. And so seeing all seeing everything that goes with it, it's I think that's what's kind of planted the nerve like the seed of nervous in me. But then it's also like you just got to get through that. That's just how it is with anything with content creation or anything in life. You just got to, some things you just got to do it and get through it no matter how nervous you are. Yeah. It's going to be, for me, it was very much a start it. Things break a lot and you (laughs) learn to fix them as you go. Right. And there's like really no, no shame in that. It's not like you have a massive audience already. That's going to be, Oh, what the heck? Why is everything not perfect? So you have that starting out where you're like, okay, well I can, these are the things I need to learn. These are things I need to tweak. And once you get to the point where it's like it's smooth sailing for the most part and you're like, all right, I figured out all my connection issues and I figured out this and like my stream can run now. And then you could start working on more of the, all right, well, like what extra stuff can I add into it? What other features can I put in there that will be useful and fun for the people who are coming into my chat? Yeah. And that's to me, that's like some of the most fun of doing Twitch live stream. Yeah. I've had a, I've had a lot of fun just going through Twitch, like just like signing into Twitch and uh, Streamlabs, which we've talked about on this podcast before. I've just had a lot of fun just playing around with it, and like I I, I say this to anyone who maybe maybe you're not quite in the same zone as me is like yeah I want to start live streaming now, but maybe you're thinking about it and maybe you're having the idea. If I were you, honestly, I would just create a Twitch account, create a Streamlab. If you have a brand idea in mind, or even if you need want some. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Motivation to come up with a brand. I would honestly just play around on Twitch and play around on Streamlabs. I'm not saying go and record. I'm saying just play around with the settings and play around with how you can build your Twitch page and your Streamlab because it's something that Josh showed me is there's a lot to it, a lot that you wouldn't think and a lot that some of it like you would think it's overwhelming, but it's really more fun. It's like a puzzle. It's like, it's like, all right, well, how's this lead to this, that lead to that? And that's kind of my advice is if you're if you maybe want to look more into streaming, live streaming, you're thinking about it. I would I would take that as a start. I honestly think that's because you don't have to go and record. You can just kind of get a feel as what to what you'd be building is kind of what you'd get a look at. Yeah, get a feel for the platform, get a feel for the software. It's it's another one of those things, though, that it's hard to really get a feel for until you start using it. Yeah, exactly. And that's but. just there's always that that point like just going back to like before I started podcasting, it was very much like, yeah, like podcasting, I see, I see exactly what it is, but it's still like when you do it the first time, it's still very like, okay, 
I, I had an idea what it was, but there's a lot more to it. And so you'll never you'll never truly understand that part of it until, like you said, until you until you get down and do it. But I feel building up to that point and learning how to do something, there's still value in that. Yeah. So what have you so, been up to, Josh? So I <laughs> mostly a lot of live streaming. My schedule is still kind of crazy because it's still Monday through Thursday. I work pretty much 830 in the morning. I leave. I get home at eight in the evening. And then from 10 to midnight, we do a live stream Monday through Thursday. Friday nights, we're podcasting. Saturdays, we're, we're podcasting. podcasting. <laughs> and I'm editing. Uh, Sundays, I have off to relax, which really becomes more like do whatever household stuff I haven't <laughs> yeah. done. And then repeat cycle. I've actually like... The month of November, I've had quite a few days off because I took the weekend, the Monday after the weekend of Extra Life off to recover, which i thankful I did. Yeah. I took the the Friday just before we recorded this yesterday off because I was going to be going to a, another anime convention this weekend, but we didn't have the funding to, to go, and it sounds like it's going to be cold anyway because <laughs> they're doing it like a, the artist alley is outdoors rather than indoors in a tent, so... I'm like it's gonna be snowy. Yeah, you know. Maybe like, don't. Like November, like end of November, and like getting to start of December is like probably not the best time to be out in New England. So yeah. Well, yeah. As of this recording, we are at the point now with Twitch where uh, after Extra Life, we broke the threshold for Twitch to pay out. So finally, we'll be getting my first official paycheck from Twitch, which is neat. That's exciting. Uh, a portion of that is from bit donations that were given for Extra Life. I have that written down, so that's immediately going yeah. right out to Extra Life for Boston Children's. We still have donations coming in. Like, we're allowed to take them throughout the end of 2018. Right. And then it'll start all over again for 2019. So, like, there's never really a point when we can't take donations. Right. But there's, like, it's just getting the drive and, like, yeah. notice towards it. Uh, and we're right now, for um, for my own sake and the sake of everyone else, like, for the record... We're holding steady around like eight to twelve constant viewers on the stream now instead of like four to five, which is nice. Um, started playing Undertale and like right after Delta Rune came out, we started playing Undertale. And we went through Undertale. We did the regular, uh, a neutral run and then did a pure, pa a true pacifist run and then moved on. And now we're playing Delta Rune. And it's been a lot of fun. Like the people that pop into the stream, the people that follow. And new people. And I'm now trying to figure ways to better incorporate our Discord server to serve the Twitch stream. So the Discord server was put together by me uh, shortly after I started getting into figuring out what the heck Discord even was. <laughs> yeah. And it's been through a lot of iterations. When, I, so when it started, it was very much a copy or a slight copy of the server I was helping with. And then I realized that for my purposes and for my community, that was a terrible setup. So I had to like rework things. And then I read Ready Player One and I was like, oh my God, I like that H's chat room is called The Basement and it's just a replica of, I think it was either Halliday or Ogden Morrow's basement Yeah. Um, that they had growing up. And I was like, that I, I missed that aesthetic. I used to have a friend who had a fully furnished basement with like a mini bar and the TV and we just hang out down there and my play video dream. games. Yeah. And I'm like... Oh man, maybe I'll set the chat up like or the uh, the server up that way. So I mean, there's obviously no visuals to it, but I set like the basement as a category, and then we have the hangout corner, the big screen, um, eighteen plus corner for people that want to share anything <laughs> not safe for work, the workout fitness room, like all these like little things that you would see in a furnished basement kind of deal. That's cool. Yeah, um, that's really neat. That's not so, not something you see in a lot of Discord servers. As someone no. who's on way too many Discord servers. So I, I built it up that way. And we, we still have a pretty small community in the Discord server. I mean, we're like 20 to 30 people, but maybe 10 of those are active. So I'm like, I'm trying to think of cool ways to incorporate and make the people who are both part of our Discord server and part of our streams feel like they're really appreciated for what right. they're doing. So I made, uh, because I'm a garbage person and I run, uh, I run a garbage server. So we... <laughs> I um, created a new role on my Discord this month for um, people who are frequently in the stream. Now, some people make a role and they'll call it like regulars. And it's just like people who are the regulars there. Right. They, they often show up to the stream. They're often active in Discord. Uh, mine is Friends of the Stream. <laughs> so we have Friends of the Stream and they are, uh, they're the people that are constantly 
both in the Discord and people who frequently show up to streams. And then we've got two separate categories for Discord Discord moderators and Twitch moderators because I have some people cross over and do both, but I have a few people that moderate the Twitch chat that don't moderate the Discord server. Right. And I have a few people that moderate the Discord server that don't moderate the Twitch chat. So I feel like that's been good. And I've seen a lot. The more I get into streaming and networking with other streamers, the more I'm starting to see that they're mostly using their Discord community as a way of keeping in touch with their chat when they're not live. Hmm. And I'm like, that's a really good way to serve things. No, though, because, that's not a bad idea at all. Because then people show up. Like, people watch Twitch live streams for a handful of reasons but i find the most common that people stick around for is they feel like they're part of this community right and what better way to continue being part of that community when they're not live than building their own discord server so and i've even gotten to the point now where i've decided to start paying for discord so i bought discord nitro which is like a monthly subscription and it gives you a few little features like i can change the four digit number after my uh my name and I can use uh, an animated GIF as my profile photo. If I had gone with, um, I went with Classic because it's cheaper and I don't need more games right, right now. Because right. they do have Discord Nitro that comes, it's like 10 bucks a month and it has, it's basically like getting, you get free games every month as hmm. well. That's interesting. They have a really big library of good games. Unfortunately, say, is it like, is a it majority like... of those games I already own. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, yeah, that and I already get free games every month from PlayStation Plus, right. from Twitch Prime, uh, from Humble. And I just I'm like so flooded with free shit, free games that I almost I'm like there's too much I can't even appreciate the things that I'm getting for yeah, free because there's a, so much of it that's a discussion you'd have to have on uh, this week in gaming sometimes are there too many free games being offered to us that is because I, yeah. I agree with you on that I feel like it is way too much like it's great if you want like if you're thinking hey Twitch Prime I want people to come to Twitch Prime and have this be the only thing they need that's great right but when you're someone like me who has Twitch Prime Discord Nitro and playstation yeah. plus and you're all of a sudden it's just like oh so every month they're throwing games i mean god right. forbid god I forbid get, you have a steam sale oh yeah <laughs> goodbye wallet god no like um nintendo is doing a a service now that you can really? get games it's not like free uh switch games it's yeah. classic nintendo oh, games well, that's even worse it unlocks a library kind of deal it's, it's neat but like, God forbid, I get an Xbox. You get Xbox Live, and all of a sudden, it's like games with gold and Game Pass. Right. And it's just like, why do I buy games anymore? Actually, now that I think about it, I, I've gotten more free games from Xbox Live Gold than I do from PlayStation Network because PlayStation does a lot of uh, indie games. I feel, and not not that I'm not a fan. See, I of feel indie the other games. way around that like Xbox does a lot of really kind of not great games that I've huh. never really heard I feel of. May, I feel maybe it's just the times we happen to look. It could be because <laughs> like Xbox has definitely started to switch things around. Right. But anyway, but. I actually, I liked I liked the idea of you using the Discord and Twitch because when, with me and I've had a weird relationship with Discord in that it came it kind of came out of nowhere. It was just one of those things like I remember being on Teamspeak with a bunch of my friends and then everyone being like, "Oh, you got to download Discord." And now it's like that was like six months ago, and now Discord. It's like if you I've never heard of someone who doesn't have a Discord account who's not on multiple Discord servers. Maybe doesn't even who like I've known multiple people who own their own Discord servers, and like that to me is. It's, it's kind of shocking me because I just didn't expect Discord to grow that quickly, but I'm not surprised it did because it's a very, very good program. It's very well uh, put we are, together. We are very much friends of Discord on this program, but that n not saying we're spawn. Anyway, I'm, I'm talking myself. So now that we've kind of had a moment to, to get back into the swing of things, get you guys caught up a little bit on what we've been up to, uh, we back in season one, we interviewed Chris Piscopo, who was creating video content for YouTube, doing game reviews and the occasional shit post, <laughs> and the occasional great shit post. We got him back for season three, so we're gonna go ahead and kick into it with uh, what he's been up to, what's been going on. We get into some real good conversation about what, how things have shifted for him because he hit a point. No spoilers, but he hit a point where things kind of clicked. And I thought it was pretty interesting. Clicked, clicked differently than I think he imagined, and I think certainly we imagined. So yeah, it was it was interesting to hear what he's been up to nowadays. So that being said, we're going to take a brief break, and we'll be right back at you with our interview with Chris Piscopo. Enjoy. Have you noticed that for some reason it's become common culture for apps and websites to invasively collect your personal data and track the websites you visit in order to better advertise to you? Is it just me, or does that make you more than a little uncomfortable? 
We at Yadu don't believe in tracking the browsing habits and collecting personal data of our friends. That's you. That's why you'll never find a targeted ad on our website, a notification about using cookies, no matter how delicious they may be, or creepy men in black suits with no fingerprints rooting through the shoebox under your bed. We aim to keep the Yadude experience ad-free. However, since we're not willing to shake you down for your sweet, sweet personal information, that means we need to cover the cost of production another way. If you really enjoy this podcast or any of the projects under the Yadude or WYDG brands, you can show your support in several ways. If you're all about covering your naked body when you go out in public, perhaps check out our merch store, linked in the description. There you'll find all sorts of things that we've designed for you to wear, as well as other useful items. If you're interested in sponsoring this or one of our other podcasts, check out patreon.com backslash yadude, link in the description, and sign up for a monthly pledge. We have several different reward tiers that you can choose from, starting as low as $1 per month, and each coming with different sponsor-exclusive benefits. Thank you so much for listening to our work, and thanks to those who have signed up on Patreon already. Our goal is to keep Yadude and WYDG ad-free and never collect your personal information for profit. Now, back to the show. Hope you found where you were going okay. No, I just peed in the floor. Just walked around in a circle like a dog and just peed and laid in it. <laughs> Pete in the closet. I saw you guys had a litter box there and figured uh, this is what it was meant for. <laughs> so. Make myself at home. I, I have a litter box of my own at home. It's just for me. It's a comfort thing. It reminds me of New You Jersey. put it in like a small little closet so like people are walking around. They just like look in. Can I put my coat in here? Like no. There's like, <laughs> there's like the one little dangling light bulb. They pull the string and it comes on and it's swinging and your like, shadows. Go, like, and you're like. It a few times before it turns on. You're just like perfectly squatted over it looking at them angrily. Like you're really pissed off. Like you I had told to, you not to come in. All right. <laughs> Shit, that should have been really straightforward. <laughs> yeah, welcome. Right. <laughs> welcome to the podcast. Uh, Rev up those fryers. <laughs> it just it, it feels like everyone has a podcast. Like everyone and their dog has a podcast. And there was a really like the New Yorker comics that they do. There was one that they did that was a guy talking to some girl at a bar and he was like, I'm thinking about stopping a podcast. <laughs> That's funny. No, oh my I God. think ever since H3 pr- Productions made their podcast and like stopped making their own videos and it was like so much more profitable, a lot of people jumped on that wagon and was like, YouTube sucks. Let's all do Twitch instead. Oh, now God. everyone and their mother has a podcast. Well, every, yeah, everyone's gone to Twitch and podcasting. Yeah. And that's that's my life. <laughs> yeah, I can't really say much. I'm not like I'm not shit talking. It's but, just uh, like that's not I could say shit, right? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you can say Oh, I have I have a swear jar for I this work podcast. just outside of Boston. So like okay. the amount of professional people wearing suits that drop fuck all the day is just like all, all the way too fucking high. Paradise is what it is. <laughs> it is. It's pretty it's weird. I mean, but, I got I got my Tim's on in your studio. Yeah. So I, I, I mean, it, hope that it's all welcome here. Yeah, it's it's a pretty relaxed environment. I thought like so. we had our charity stream for Boston Children's Hospital. I'm like, we're raising money for kids that we're dropping F bombs like sailors, like <laughs> But it's for the kids. It is for the kids. That's all that's all. We that hooked matters. ourselves up to tens machines and got electroshocked while we were fighting. Oh, I saw. And oh <laughs> my god. I was laughing my ass off. So are we. I don't oh know if you God. caught our Red Dead stream that morning. No, I've, I wasn't awake. <laughs> we had Game Grumps levels of forceful laughing fits. It was insane because we're just sitting here That's a good and day. somebody in the chat just goes, horses are just giant rideable dogs. Change my mind. And uh, my buddy Tyler was like, nah, see, because dogs can't kill you with one kick. Like <laughs> Joe goes, yeah, I don't trust anything that can kill me with one kick. So basically horses and Bruce Lee. <laughs> and one of them is dead now. So like... <laughs> That's fine. And without missing a beat, Hartwell just goes, yeah, ever since horses went extinct, Joe can sleep easy at night. <laughs> I fucking died. I got to double lock my doors. <laughs> but it's like, bars in the you're windows. just so afraid you're going to be sleeping all your kids on you. are just like, what you Yeah. And you know, you, know, you prepare all your life for this moment and you like, you reach back to a trap door to like pull out your shotgun, but it's not fast enough. Never is. It's not fast enough. Joe's like, yeah, I sleep with a uh, small amount of painkillers under my bed just in case. Just in case. <laughs> Just in case, sleep with a helmet. <laughs> anyway. But, uh, yeah. Hey, everybody. Welcome to season three of... <laughs> the AV podcast that we're on. AV Underground, right? That's the one. Yeah. You remembered. Of course I did. I was here before. I'm not going to forget. You were. So uh, welcome back, everyone, to AV Underground. 
Uh, we're here today talking with Chris Biscopo. Welcome back. You were here for season one. I was. And now you're back for season three. It's like, it's like leap seasons. Back. Yeah, it's been a while. I've uploaded several videos since then. It, <laughs> a lot has happened. I've uploaded exactly two videos since then. <laughs> uh, I've logged on YouTube three times, which is nice. Yeah, that was back at the beginning of this year. So actually, that was one of the things I wanted to talk about with you is like, what with Stridevera TV has changed since last time you were here? A lot has changed outside of the YouTube career, but I've tried to keep everything pertinent to the to the channel, consistent as it was last year, like for all of 2017, because it was pretty solid for most of the first year. There was a big gap when I started working. Um, I think it's between. I know it was right before the Stalker. Uh, Call of Pripyat video came out. There was like a two month period before that. There was nothing because I had no motivation to do it. But since then, I think I've stuck to once a month or, or twice a month. It feels like about that. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's been at least once, but there's a couple months where I put up two just because I was feeling like like I could, you yeah. know? Yeah. You're the master of like every time I'm about to like go do something, I'm scrolling through Twitter. I'm like, oh, huh, a new video. I'm like, sweet. <laughs> let's do <laughs> this. Yeah. Dropping today, this, boys. This will kill five to 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I take pride so, in that. So I've got to ask now that you're, you've been doing. You do really high quality like game reviews and stuff like that, which I appreciate. I know how much work goes into those. It's a di- we were... I feel like it's a dying art as well. It is, it's a hard art. It's a, it's a difficult thing. The thing about art is art is long and life is short. Right. And anytime I've, it's not just been you, but I remember you being one of the first people that this came up with for me when we were in school and we talked about it last time. You made like a shit post and it got more views in a few days than a lot of the stuff you pour your heart and soul into. Yeah. And I have an artist friend who does smut art for the internet yes and i think i he, know what you're talking about oh yeah you know joe blay yeah, of course yeah, yeah I, I and then so him, he yeah. one day he was bored he drew a little jelly blob with a couple eyes blew the fuck up retweets, and he's like what yeah. the fuck guys <laughs> oh i know short, i was like if you want to be famous real. on the internet put exactly no effort into it yeah but that being said you've continued to do the same kind of content you've been wanting to do yeah you've broken into the world of vr a little bit which little i think bit, is, yeah. is pretty interesting I've been enjoying those because I am a man who cannot afford VR right now. So I have to live that vicariously through you. It's great. I, I want to do, there's nothing, there's no more videos about VR in the works at this exact second. But I thought maybe for the December month, that would be exciting because I already got one lined up for November. Now, where you're putting out videos once, you said about once a month. Once a month, yeah. Uh, I wanted to ask because I've had over the last few months that we've been kind of on hiatus with AV Underground, and I've been trying to focus on here, there, and wherever. Uh, And every now and then, even though we were doing three podcasts a week and also streaming on Twitch four nights a week, like we were doing a lot of stuff. Yeah. But sometimes I get into that funk where I'm like, I'm not doing enough. I should be doing more. Um, And where you're you know, visibly to the world, you're putting out a video once a month, but there's a lot that goes into it behind the scenes. Do you ever feel like you're not doing enough? Or do you feel like you've kind of mentally got it under control where you're like, no, I know this is what I want to be doing? I think right now, I guess the easy answer to the first question is no, I do feel like it's enough. It could definitely be more. It could always be more. But I fear that if I tried to kind of put a fire under myself and say, okay, let's, let's try to do twice a month, uh, the quality might suffer. And I definitely want, not for every video, obviously, like the Rainbow Six videos. A lot of effort does go into those, but it's all in the editing. It's There's no like research or like script writing that goes into those. It's just like pick a song that I like, find a 20 or 30 clips, cut them all up and make it work rather than, okay, we need to script this out. We had to do like 15 pages of reading on, on Wikipedia and all that kind of stuff. So for the videos that I would consider high effort, I would much rather sacrifice their quantity over their quality. Definitely. So once a month is working. So what, what have you been seeing an uptick at all now that you're getting more of those kind of videos out as far as like the viewership goes or is it staying pretty steady? They definitely there's a weird trend that I've noticed where when I post links to videos on Reddit, I get exponentially more hate comments and, you know, welcome to Reddit. <laughs> yeah, well, I know it's it's a horrible website, but. I do get more views. Yeah. The hate so, comments are kind of worth it if you get the views out of it. Definitely. And then YouTube, YouTube is like, oh, people are commenting on this and they're watching it. So obviously it's good. Yeah. Well, th- I've noticed a, a trend besides that, obviously, where it's usually about three to four months after I put something up, the views go way up. Like the Prey video that I did last December um, for the anniversary of the channel. Uh, I, I put a lot of effort into it. It was like a 17 minute video. Uh, I threw it up. And, and and for the month of December, it got like under 30 views or something. But I checked it again in like maybe March or May. 
and it had already jumped up in into the couple hundreds. I don't, I don't I have no idea why. The only thing I can figure is that Prey went on sale once in February uh, around the Valentine's Day sale on Steam. Maybe people were looking up reviews for it then. That's definitely what happened with Killing Floor because I put that video up immediately before the um, Christmas the, event. Yeah, the Krampus Last, event. Yeah, the the. Um, Krampus Lair, or I don't remember the name of the event. It was last Christmas. Um, but I put that up by happenstance right before the event dropped and it went on sale. So people were immediately like looking for more information about it, which was good because I also put a lot of effort into that video because I really like that game. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely been steady. Uh, I have been getting subscribers, which feels good. It's it's not like it's not like a bunch a day, but like once every couple of days, I'll get like four or five notifications that I have new subscribers. Nice. Um, I, and it's I broke a hundred earlier this year in like uh, August or something, and it's it's been going up. It Congrats! Feels good. Thank you. Yeah. No, that is like one of your biggest. Like the first hundred to first thousand are easily harder than anything beyond that from people I've talked to. Like I believe it. Some some of the people that I've talked to are like, okay, yeah, like once you get past the first thousand, all of a sudden you just start gaining people and you're like, oh, this this is easy now. I believe that 100%. It's like when you're trying to roll a poster up, <laughs> trying to get it started is the hardest thing and you're like crinkling edges and folding things and it tears a little bit. It but really once it starts like going, that. you could roll for five miles. And yeah. It's, yeah, it's a process. <laughs> exactly how it works. One one thing I'm interested with it because from like from like two years ago, wait, not two years ago. That, so that was the last time we, we were all together in the same classroom. But the last time you were on the podcast into now, your scheduling is still being the whole once a month thing. Do you find the whole like do you get the start of the month? Are you like, okay, this is I'm this week I'm gonna do the research, this week I'm gonna do the script writing, blah, blah, blah. Do you have it all organized or is it really just strictly a once a month? I'm doing this and when it comes to that part of the month, I'll do it. No, that sounds bad. But when it comes to that part of the month, I'll get to it. Or has that changed since like the first time you've been really doing YouTube? That's a good question. Um, definitely both, depending on the video. For the Rainbow Six videos, I never plan those. It's usually like I'll be playing, you know, a little bit. And then I don't know if you guys watched the most recent one, Operation Funk. Yeah. I'm quite <laughs> proud of. Uh, there's one clip in that. It's the last clip of the video. Um, playing as Maestro, the the defender with an LMG because that's balanced, um, and I and I I scored an ace, which is all five kills of an enemy team in, in under a minute. When I got that clip, I'm like, okay, this needs to go in a video. And then that was after I had already uploaded Zombie Army Trilogy like a month ago, and I was like, all right, guess I'm doing two videos this month, you know? Yeah. Um, but the the plan for Zombie Army Trilogy was to upload it like only a couple days before Halloween because I figured that would be a good metric to kind of get people into it. And then I was looking on social media and I kind of see that Halloween stuff is already really popular. Okay, I'll put it up on my birthday, October the 9th. That's that's another, it's early in the month. It's enough time for people to look into it, consider getting it, and then maybe get it around the Halloween. And then it's still there if people around Halloween are looking for it. They'll exactly. end up finding it. And yeah. it's still recent. So. so I was working on it around the 5th. I, I did start that one right at the beginning of the month. So I did expedite the process but I, I had a free day where i didn't have to do i had no obligations so i was free to sit down and kind of power through the entire thing and then like review it the next day and still have still you know pub, uh, publish it unlisted and then have it list itself on the day it was going to be uploaded so you feel like now like with your scheduling like the once a month do you feel like it's worked out now now that you have it set and now that you've done it a few times like the flexibility of it all is now working into your favor rather than working against you big time i i love how flexible uh the once a month i i put i put the word schedule into quotation marks yeah. because it's uh there's no real strict tight schedule to it there's definitely been months where i have a video in mind i've definitely had months where i start to review a game I script it out. I start the recording process. I start throwing footage in and then I find a lot of stuff that I want to put into it. And then, but now is it bloated? Now is it too long? Oh, it's the 25th. I should probably, you know, make up my <laughs> mind. And then I'll just like hop in Discord. I'll talk to my friend Jeff and my friend Matt and be like, hey, like, is this a good idea? Like, should I put this in? Should I take this out? Look for a slight bit of outside guidance. Usually end up putting stuff in if I think it belongs in. But I never want anything to go over like 20 minutes because at that point, it's more of a video essay and people are less likely to watch those, in my opinion. Mm. Yeah, then it gets to be more like a mini documentary. Yeah, depends and, on, the, uh, on the topic. I'd love, yeah. to, I'd love to do long videos, of course. The right. one I'm working on now was going to be over 20 minutes, but I cut out a section and it flows way better now. And now it's like 15. 
Uh, on the topic of reaching, like reaching out to people outside of you for like suggestions on, is this a good idea? Is this a bad idea? Do you find yourself more gearing towards friends? Do you look at fellow content creators? Are they one in the same? Like the people you reach out to, do they also do this or? Has your networking increased? Basically? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, my friend, Matt, who I've been friends with pretty much as long as I can remember, goes to college for the same thing we did. Uh, he goes to Quinnipiac down in, um, Connecticut, I think. Ooh, ooh, ooh. The yeah. gem of New England, Connecticut <laughs> itself. <laughs> uh, he So he does this kind of stuff as well. He doesn't do too much personal content, but he's worked on some big projects in his major. He's got one coming out, I want to say, before the end of the year, uh, called Amygdala, or Amygdala, however, you, however that's actually pronounced. Okay. You can check that out on Facebook. It's not out yet, but there's a sneak peek. He just put that away two days ago. Um, ooh. Wicked talented guy. Uh, but he he hasn't done too much of the, kind of the short form stuff that I do personally. Whoops. But he's seen enough of it that I think he's smart enough to weigh in. And my friend Jeff, who again, I've been friends with him forever. He's a musician. He is he knows all too well taking a long time to finish things because he wants them to be perfect. He's, he's definitely more of a perfectionist than I am. I think both of them have contrasting enough opinions to weigh in on questions that I might have with different enough points of view that I can take those into consideration and then make a final judgment for myself. I think it's, it's one of the things that I struggle with, with, because I feel the need to network more now, especially with me, because I haven't really started, I'm kind of in a reboot stage with all my stuff, but now I'm like at the point now where I want to go ask more, I want to network with more people, but I feel it's weird networking with strangers in the strange because it's like you don't not only do you not know them, but you also like you like you're saying with uh, your friends here, like you can trust their opinions because they're they're doing similar things, not exactly the same thing, but they're doing similar things along the thing along the product. I feel the way like how am I supposed to know they're doing the same thing I'm doing and how am I supposed to actually network with this person <laughs> once I get to that point? And I feel I don't and that's I find it weird. Uh, I don't know how to word this properly. I find like you and me. And all the content creators we meet around this area are very much in the network with my friends only and the people because we have a lot of friends that are doing this. But the more towards Boston, the more I meet poor people out there, the more they're the ones that are like, no, there's no the problem. There's, there's no I winning found, that way. And I don't know if you found this like with anything you've done on Twitter it, with reaching out to people that you don't know that are in this field is everyone wants to kind of tell you like, oh, you're doing once a month. You're never going to get noticed that way. You need to up that yeah. production schedule. If you yeah. want this, you have to go for it hard. And like trying to make you feel bad for being like, no, this is what I can do. Yeah. This is the quality I'm putting into it. And I'm not willing to sacrifice that. So it's it's also difficult networking with other people. It's no no one wants to network with advice the first try. Everyone wants to network with negative comments the first time. They're like almost backhanded compliments. Yeah, it's yeah, the, yeah that's exactly. Like, oh, when, your videos are so nice. They must take forever to make. <laughs> I'm like, it must be nice they do when people get them once a year. <laughs> like okay calm down um but that being said have you tried networking with other people outside of that and if so what have your experiences been i've definitely good bad or ugly <laughs> all of the above most Ooh. likely that's actually very pertinent to the video i'm putting out this month Ooh. oh teaser I like it i've definitely i came to a realization um this year a lot of things happened this year in 2018 the biggest one was that i moved house uh, my mom and i moved about half an hour north of where we used to live um, that was a big thing for us cause we lived in the same house for like 10 years. It was stressful, went through a lot of stuff and I reevaluated a lot of things personally in that time. And one of the things I kind of decided was I, I don't want you to be my career. I, I want to move out and do other things, but I, I that doesn't mean I want to stop doing it. And it doesn't mean that I throw any disrespect or, you know, kind of offhand, like, I don't really care about this to anybody who likes my content cause I love making content. The problem is that the way YouTube is set up. The way that I do things, it's never going to become a career. And I kind of, I came to terms with that. I don't care. You know, I like making the stuff that I make. I'm incredibly happy that people watch it and enjoy it. And I, the goal always was to influence at least one person to play or to not play something. And I feel I, like I, I get think, that out of every one of your videos. Exactly. So I, I, I hope as long as that goal was accomplished, then it was all for something. And it's a good way to kind of flex the editing muscles. Cause that, that's my favorite part of the process. I love, I love editing. It's always been my thing. As long as I can practice those skills, get some views, and try to influence an opinion, I think that's enough for me. So I've, I have not really tried to network outside of my own circle very much because I don't ultimately very pretty much see a point to it. 
because I feel like if I, you know, let, let's say let's say I punched up and I talked to like um, a reviewer who has like 100,000 subscribers, puts out a video like once a week. I couldn't do that. I'm like, OK, so we collaborate and, you know, we put out one video together and I get a huge boost of subs. Now they're going to be expecting me to get out a video a week. And so what was the point of them even coming over in the first place? Because they're just going to unsubscribe after two weeks when I, when I don't see anything in their sub box. So people who see my stuff are familiar with that they only get stuff, you know, once or maybe twice a month on the rare occasion and are okay with that. And they subscribe. They know what they're getting into and they're along for the ride. And that's okay with me. Definitely. So it's more like a, a hobby shift kind of deal for definitely. you. Definitely. It's when I have the time. It's definitely a good way to do it. And I think it takes when you had that moment of realization, did you have a point prior to that when you were like, YouTube will be a career for me at some point? Yes, absolutely. It was when I started because everybody starts that way. You know, you, you've, yeah. you're, you're, you're a bright bouncing boy <laughs> and, you, and you've got the stars in your eyes. And you're I'm like, going to play games on the Internet and I'm going to be famous like Markiplier. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Please kill so me. So what was the that transition period like for you mentally going from kind of like, okay, I want this to be like a career for me. This is something I want to shoot for. And then realizing maybe this isn't going to be what I'm going to do. And then coming to terms and kind of like being okay with that almost sounds like the whole, uh, that was just what I was going to ask. So I just noticed that me and you are back on the same page. <laughs> you guys have quite a synergy. You like brothers only closer. I know it's one of the weirdest things. <laughs> it's kind of, we're like brothers, but closer and less gay. Out, actually. <laughs> What? Hey man, you're on the love seat with me, so I don't know what you're talking about. You're not within like arms. Yeah, reach, true. Though, which we, is... we have the invisible pillow between us. <laughs> Two bros sitting on a love seat, but five feet apart because they're not gay. <laughs> yeah. To answer your question, I can definitely pinpoint the exact moment. It was about two weeks before I was going to move, so it was August, and it was hot as hell in August this year. And uh, I'm sorry if you're listening, Mom. Uh, I was I was standing outside at like maybe one in the morning with my girlfriend and my friend Pat. Uh, shout out to Maggie and Pat. You weren't doing like another dark summoning ritual of taste testing. Were no, you? we were smoking cigarettes. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Which, which I, don't, I don't normally So do. a dark summon of taste. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> and we, we were kind of, we were sitting out front on a bunch of lawn chairs and we were just kind of shooting the shit, uh, talking about like college and jobs and stuff. And, um, I think it was Maggie had brought up like the, the YouTube thing. She's like, you're going to keep making videos after you move. And she was like, you're going to put up more, like you're going to try to get monetized. And I kind of sat there for a second quietly and I, I, I just kind of like, no, it, it just, it just came to me very suddenly. I was like, no, I don't think I'm going to do that. It, it was, it was a, it was a very, it was a moment of sobriety and clarity. It really did just come to me out of nowhere. Um, and it, th there was no transition. It was like before I thought I was gonna, and then snap. And then after I'm like, nope. It was very, it was a very clear moment for me. Did it, it feel more liberating or more like giving up on liberating. a dream? Absolutely. I was like, this is awesome. Now I can just do whatever I want. I mean, like I, I could definitely see it look from the outside looking like, oh, he's just giving up. Um, I, I would uh, say to people who hold that viewpoint, it's like, try it and see if you can do it, you know? And if you can, that's great. I, I have huge respect for the people, for the grind that you do. And I'm sure you do too. I'm doing this kind of stuff all the time. I, I, I wish I could. I wish I had the drive to do that every day. It's like not everyone's cut out for it though. Not, not everyone yeah, like fits into that perfectly and is like, this is my life. Sometimes you get into it and you're like, I hate this. Yeah. <laughs> I, I never had that luckily. I never tried to do, I never tried to go too hard and ended up hating it. Otherwise I don't think I'd still do it. But I did um, kind of, dip my toes into it a little bit and then kind of think like, maybe I should just stick to the old schedule. And then I did that and I, I've always, I've been very happy with it since for sure. So are you looking at going forward? Cause I know you're kind of a media centric guy with like the film projects you've been working on. I mean, everything that we were working on in school, uh, is YouTube just, I mean, it's a, it's kind of a side hobby thing, but are you still pursuing other media things externally as a career path? I've been doing wedding videos. Really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, you have my utmost respect <laughs> because I could, I'm so, I filmed a, um, a baby shower for my buddy. Shout out to Jamie. I love you, man. Um, and I think that was the moment for me. Like I was happy to do it cause I'm doing it for a friend, but I was like, if this wasn't a friend of mine, if this wasn't like someone I knew personally, I wouldn't be doing this. That's what, cause I was there and I'm it. like trying to interact with like, it's odd, awkward enough working at a family event or being at a family event with my own family, when you have the distant relatives you don't know, to go into someone else's family where everyone knows everyone else 
and no one knows you and you're the guy that's supposed to capture all the key moments i'm like that is so much pressure how has that been for you <laughs> i i work well under a lot of stress I, I've learned that about myself as as time has gone on. Do you speak sweet nothings to your camera as you <laughs> were like when you were doing the live productions for the rotary auction? <laughs> You're just like, camera one, can you uh, move a little to the left? Oh, that's it, was, it. It was exactly me. Uh, camera one, can you move that to the left? Jay Hudson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How could I ever forget that? I, just I, vocally molesting I, everyone on camera. I tell that story at parties. People love that story. It, oh my gosh. Uh, that, I, that is something I will agree with that in that very moment though that's how I knew that you because it remember you were the director and you were the director for the day that I was on camera and that day I was like yep I know two men that can work under pressure today <laughs> <laughs> well all right so uh, funny story about the rotary action um I've always had dental problems uh, I've never had braces thank the good lord <laughs> but it's usually things like oh you said dental problems I heard mental problems no like, dental you dental. and me both bud like <laughs> Um, and at that time, my wisdom teeth were breaking through my gums, all four of them at once. I was probably taking eight ibuprofen a day for that whole week. No, sh no shit. I'm not kidding. I, f I finished an entire bottle of ibuprofen in about, in like two weeks in, fe in February of 2016 when we did the rotary. And you still have a stomach somehow? Somehow, <laughs> dude. I don't know. Sometimes food just kind of falls. I don't really, I, I have no idea where it goes. I think, I think there's a Whopper Jr. down there still somewhere from like three years ago. But yeah, so during that whole period, I was under this excruciating pain just from sun up to sundown. And it was like a week after that, after it had kind of gone away and I was back to normal, I thought back to the auction and I realized, yeah, I do well under pressure. I was like, yeah, okay. That's something I learned about myself. Here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're under pressure as it is, let alone being like on 8-ibuprofen and in a whole lot of pain. Yeah. And subsisting on nothing but fast food and amp energy drinks. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, um, wedding wedding videography. Yeah. Not photography. I don't, I don't have a DSLR right now. So you mentioned that and I'm like, it's almost like you and I are both like pushing ourselves to stressful situations, but on opposite <laughs> ends of the spectrum. I feel like people who work well under pressure do that though. I feel yeah. like they always push themselves <laughs> into stressful situations. Well, that's where the money is. Yeah. That and Espe like, especially for weddings. Uh, before we get into talking about your weddings, are, do you ever have those moments where you feel like if you're not under stress and pressure that you're just going to break? No. No? Because like, I feel lazy. Sometimes, sometimes if I'm like, I'm at work and everything I'm doing is so easy and it takes like 5% of my mental capacities, I'm just like, I want to hit my head off a wall because I just, I'm like, fuck, I can't. I need to be doing something more than this. I need to be like juggling three like chainsaws in my left hand <laughs> and trying to live switch a broadcast on the other hand <laughs> while I'm editing this. Like, Please I help if, me. I wouldn't put it that far. I definitely feel lazy. Like after Red Dead 2 came out, I'm not going to lie. I played that nonstop for pretty much like 10 or 11 days. <laughs> I don't blame you at all. But immediately after that, I kind of sat there for a minute and I was like, I could go keep trying to get all the legendary fish. But I kind of like sat back in my chair and I was like, I haven't taken a shower in like three days. I'm like, I just feel lazy. And, and that's what prompted me to sit down the next day for, I think like five hours and just kind of start busting out this next video, which will be out this month sometime, maybe around Thanksgiving. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I don't know if I'd put it as far as like, I, I start to get mad at myself. I definitely feel like I should like, all right, I should probably motivate though, for sure. Like to a lesser extent. I feel, I feel that's a good mindset to have though, because I feel like what me and Josh have learned from like talking to a, a lot of people in the stage is more of them revert to the stage of, oh no, I'm being lazy right now. And like, I've got to forcefully motivate myself and their quality suffers. But to yeah. you, it just, it doesn't sound like a forcefully motivate. It's yeah. like a realization motivate. Well, it, <laughs> it helped that Red Dead came out uh, about two weeks after my October video, right at the start of the month. Right. So I was like, I have all month to finish this. That's what's great about, about the schedule that yeah. I'm on right now, for sure. Is that I, There's always, not always, but there's usually time to buckle down and get it done, for sure. I'm not worried about it at all. You know, that's, that's great. That's the last thing I ever wanted was to like kind of be sitting there panicking at like two in the morning. Like, is this going to be out in time? Yeah. That's, that's the case I was wanted to avoid. Sounds like every assignment in video class I had. Yeah. See, I, I finished those like <laughs> three days before any of them were due. And I was like, ah, I just forget about them because like, like uh, Jim would bring them up once. And then I'd be like, oh shit. <laughs> I'd usually stay after that day if I didn't have work. Yeah. Just, so you and just bang it up. You have, you have, the, oh, so you have a smart mindset. Are you just doing like wedding photography or is it cinema, like videography Videos. as well? Videos specifically. Okay. So not photography. Photography right now. I want to, and I'm going to. So if you're covering a wedding, do they have someone else there that's doing yes. photography? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I should clarify, I've only done two weddings so far. I'm still, okay. I'm still very much an amateur at that. 
um, but I charge amateur prices, which is why he, which people which love. is why I've gotten hired twice. Especially if they're gonna like hire a, like a photographer, and they're like, all right, we we also want video of the wedding, and we're more concerned with the photography, so we're okay with like. I feel like people are Kinda less okay with on that a little bit, but then they get the product back and they love it because they weren't expecting anything, and I, it feels That's great too. Probably one of the best things about being an amateur and charging low prices is that like. You get your clients and they're like, we don't really expect much. And yeah. then you deliver and they're like, holy crap. Yeah. And when that happens, that's where all my networking has been. Because the first wedding was to basically complete strangers, people I'd never met before that I met through my girlfriend's mom. Uh, thanks very much, Kathy, for hooking me up with that job. I really appreciate it. But now I know those people and they'd be willing to vouch for me. Uh, that guy, Matt, his older brother, one of his older brothers, I did his wedding. I, I had met him before, but we never hung out. Right. But now I know him and his wife, and they were really happy with it. And now I feel that they would also be willing to vouch for me, you know, if something, if another opportunity comes up with that. That's where all my my real networking has been so far. So you know, some of it, some of it's going to be a lot more useful than uh, than a lot of the other networking. But the what the stuff that I've done through the wedding so far is definitely the most useful. It's going to be the stuff I can call on most reliably. Do you, do you think that uh, w- doing the wedding video photography, do you feel it's improved your skills at all? Or like, have you learned anything new from it? Or has it really just been like, okay, no, it's like kind of like with me with the Rotary Club auction. Like, no, I do know how to do this stuff. And it's just a reminder that you do. I've learned how to consistently dress nice. Because <laughs> um, I normally don't do that. Yeah, fair enough. I've learned a lot about timeliness and like keeping to a schedule. Because I, uh, I don't, I'm not, I, I used to be chronically late. Sometimes, I mean, as of today, I, I still am late sometimes, obviously. Just um, about every class. Yeah, pretty much, though. I'm, I am shocked I passed at all. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I've, I've learned a lot about timeliness. I've learned a lot about um, being very polite to strangers. Uh, <laughs> Which is a skill I'm, I'm sure was a struggle to learn, I imagine. Well, I mean... Luckily, it depends if you've got any like experience in customer service. Yeah, you're which used I did. to being very polite to strangers. Oh, yeah, I, even I, when they're yelling at you and you're like, "This isn't my fault." Oh, but. at both of my two actual like service jobs with customers, it was basically every day because it was a lot of. I mean, not to sound rude, it was a lot of elderly people, and granted, most of them were very nice and they were they were a joy to talk to. Um, I could think of several examples off the top of my head. People would come in like clockwork at like, you know, 6 p.m. on a Saturday and we'd always have a conversation. But they were the same people who'd come in and you'd be like, oh, because you know you're going to get yelled at, you know, and th- that happened. Yeah. That happened, obviously, from time to time. But that's just part of working in that industry. That's that. I think that was that's character building. Yeah, for sure. But it um, is a lot. And you, I feel like you don't realize it until you're done. Like, I didn't realize how much character Duncan's built in me until after I had left. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I get Hindsight it now. I understand now. Yeah. So I definitely have like another, not like another persona, but like this state of mind that I kind of get into when I'm at a wedding where I, I kind of just go deadpan, like like in the face and every word out of my mouth is like perfectly structured. I don't know how, it, how, how I do it. It's like I'm possessed because um, I don't normally act like that at all. Oh, it's, you have a separate set of NPC functions. That basically, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I automatically have a whole, I have a whole AI subroutine that I have to load in separately. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I'm my player character and now I'm just going to direct everything over to the NPC subroutines. Basically. And then all of a sudden you're just like it's exactly how it works. The man. For sure. It's funny too. Every time I have an interview over the phone or in person, the same thing happens. I'm like, my girlfriend has noticed this because I pick up the phone and it's somebody asking about like for me to do a video. I'm like, hi, this is Chris Piscopo. Uh, I've, I've heard that you're looking to do something with videography. I'd love to help you with that. Would you like to give me the details? And oh. it's like, how did I do that? <laughs> But it, that's exactly how it is. That's exactly how it is. So to answer the original question, working with weddings has definitely sharpened my skills. But I wouldn't say I've learned anything new. I, I School actually did prepare me a lot for that kind of work. As well as practice, obviously. Doing my own stuff, doing things with friends, and then, of course, doing the wedding in the first place. It was... I think I got off very lucky with the first one with how well it came out. But now I know a lot of things to do and what not to do for sure. How were you going into the first one? Were you like mentally just completely panic mode? Absolute panic. But on the outside, I'm like cool as a cucumber, dude. (laughs) I'm like slick Rick up in here, you know? What were some of your biggest fears going into the first one? That I was going to miss a key moment. That I was going to like miss the kiss or something. That I was going to miss their first dance. I was just going to like be oblivious and like not get it. So I kept the schedule on my phone. And I kept my phone in my front pocket and I checked it like every 10 minutes to make sure I was on schedule and I got everything and it was perfect. It, it literally went off without a hitch. And so I emulated that exact thing the next time 
just being incredibly mindful of my schedule. That's, that's the advice I have for doing weddings or any event. Get a copy of the schedule and check it every 10 minutes. Or now, did you also meet up with them for like a rehearsal bunch of type deal? Yeah. So it wasn't like you just show up to the day of the wedding no, and you I, go, I'm blind here, but <laughs> let me go in and try and do a thing. I, you, I, uh, not to send her, but you'd be an idiot if you did that for sure. Yeah. Um, so I, and I would have been an idiot if I had done that as well. So I spoke to the bride and groom separately and together, uh, in person as well as over the phone a couple times before the reception. I went to their rehearsal, which was vastly helpful because I got to see the, the venue before we went. And then I, I, tr- I looked at the schedule for like three days before the actual event itself. Uh, and then after the fact, I was a designated driver. So I had plenty of time to reflect on the day and kind of think about like what went right. And thankfully, the little bit that did go wrong, um, which wasn't much. But, you know, I'm, I'm thankful for that. Definitely. And, and then the second one was just so much easier, even though I couldn't see the venue beforehand because it was like an hour away from where I lived. I didn't feel quite as nervous going in because I kind of knew what to expect. Had you already planned out like a, a shot list as far as, I mean, you know, like the key moments you want to cover, That's but shot list. were you already going through your, uh, well, angles and all that other kind of crazy stuff? Or were you, were you sh- just kind of like, <laughs> I like to show up like a half an hour beforehand and just get beauty shots of the venue when there's no people there. Yep. Because then I, I haven't uploaded either of them because I was asked not to for obvious reasons. It's right. a personal video, but if you were to watch either of those, the first 15 seconds is always just no people, just beauty shots of the venue itself, which sets the mood because it's always a church or a beautiful backyard or something like that, which is why I dread. Actually, the second wedding did happen in the rain, so I guess I kind of got off lucky it was indoors. But the shot list is the important moments. And when you show up early, it gives you a lot of time to scope out where you can stand because if you're in the way, people will hate you. Yeah photographers get in the way and i think people they silently hate them i stand behind people i raise the tripod above their heads and i i go hands off and i've never gotten anyone's way and no one has ever you know gotten mad at me there's a skill to balancing the two because i understand photographers and why they do that because they're like this is my one moment to get this shot preserved forever it has to be right. People can suck it if they don't like it. But at the same time, I've been in the audience as well where I'm like, can you, you're directly in front of me. Yeah. Like I am nose level with your ass. Can <laughs> yeah. you please move? The, the photographers that always get in the way always seem to be the ones that are like six, seven, two and like two fifty, And it's like, what's well, like, how you're how describing you? the second wedding. I, was at, <laughs> I swear to God. Like we had an issue when I was doing one of the graduations with a TV station and like, they're like, this photographer is going to stand basically in front of your camera. You can just tell him to move. And he'll move. I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. Why can't he just be aware of his situation? No, there's no situational awareness there. <laughs> there was but a- I understand it at the same time. It's like. Yeah, I, I respect it. I I respectfully dislike it. But it's, yeah. something, it's something that they have to do if they want to get paid. Right. You got to respect that at least. I, I've worked with photographers who say they won't get in your way and they stand right in front of you. And I've worked with people who actually do stay out of your way. So, I mean, it just depends on the person. It's not like all photographers. Hashtag. Not all photographers. Okay. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Get that hashtag get trending. That, get that trending. Yeah. I have a, actually. Oh, this just came to mind. I actually have an interesting question. I don't know if this might be might be kind of stabbing you in the stomach a little bit. Uh, where how has Perfect Justice been, or what has been that since <laughs> since we've last spoke about that? Because I remember I was supposed to help you out with that, and then some personal issues arise, and I had to drop out of it. Yeah. But I haven't. We haven't really talked about it since. Well, we haven't seen each other since. Yeah. So. How where's that at? Or have you learned anything from that? I've and also for those that. listening, what is perfect justice? Oh yeah, that, that would we talked about it, it uh, yeah. the last time you were on. Uh, I suppose this is as good a time as any to just kind of like lay it out, lay it all out on the table. Um, so perfect justice was a movie that I intended to make. It's still going. It's still going to be made. I, I haven't like given up on it or anything. Uh, in I think the first year of college, because I met Steve and I and, and Ed, and I kind of <laughs> you know I talked with them. about You don't it. meet Ed. You experience <laughs> Ed. You. you you commit, Ed. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that guy. So we're, we're trying to get him on the podcast soon, so the audience will soon know. You guys are going just... to love him. <laughs> um, so we talked about it, and we kind of all agreed that it was something that we wanted to do. So I scripted it out on my own time. Uh, we filmed a little bit. As you recall, you were there. Yeah, I was. Yeah, it was a great time. I remember screaming something about not getting your panties in a knot or something. Yeah, well, because you were trying to break the lock on a safe, and people were yelling at you. Yes. Yeah, I remember. I, I I remember being there. There were a lot of prop guns and it was really weird. Oh, yeah. 
For sure. I, I remember you directing me and you're like, you know how in Mass Effect when they're like panning on a ship and then it zooms in? Do that. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. You knew what I meant though. I knew exactly what you meant yeah. because that's a thing that Bioware does. Yeah. It's, it's the Bioware shot. So anyway, we started to film it and I had a, I had a sideline conversation with Steve and we decided that the script was too ambitious and we had to cut back on it. So I kind of took the whole thing back to the drawing board and the whole thing was revised pretty much top to bottom. It was a lot smaller scope. Oh, I should include this was a Kickstarter project. I, I, we, we raised, uh, under a thousand, but over five hundred. I can't remember the exact. Number. I think you were at eight hundred, eight hundred bucks or something. Yeah. Um, almost all of it went to the prop airsoft guns, uh, and the rest of it went partially toward editing software. The rest of which I paid for myself. That's where that's where all the budget went. I don't have any of that left. You know that that all that all went out before the whole project kind of went downhill. So I've been holding out any money on anybody for sure. Um, it's not like you went out and bought some comic books and got a Slurpee and were like, yeah, screw everyone else. It's my money now. No, yeah, I, 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 I do. This I is do my wanna, perfect justice. I do, <laughs> do want to make that clear for sure. Um, but yeah, beyond that, um, life got in the way. I, I couldn't pay people. So it was difficult to coordinate everybody's schedules because people have jobs, you know, and right. that, that was something that I think I was expecting too much of people to kind of drop what they were doing and drive 45 minutes to help me with something they weren't getting paid for. So in, um, in reality, the progress that's been made recently is pretty much none. But the but the revised script is done, and I think it's damn good. Uh, I, I should have you read it sometime because I'm very proud of how the the, the current iteration of the script came out, uh, and I, I think it's very doable um, in terms of like the locations and the actions and the cast. I think it's ve it's very much within the realm of possibility to turn it into reality as opposed to version one, which was never going to happen. I think version one was put together before you really had a good feel of where you were at. I was, just, I was a freshman. I had no idea what yeah. I was doing. So like now I feel like it, it's kind of gone, probably gone through that, that filter of like, I know what I'm capable of. I know what my equipment can do yeah. and I know what I can reasonably get for people to help me. Yeah. Um, because you've said it beautifully because of those factors. That's kind of why it's gone on the back burner. But I, I've, I've always maintained like it's going to happen. I, I've, I've never given up on it um, because, I mean, I don't know about Ed because I haven't spoken to him in a little while. I know Steve is still totally on board to do it. I mean, he, he was going to be kind of the, the co-star of the whole thing. So I'm glad that he's kind of like stood by the whole time. But I mean, same thing. He's a busy guy. He works like he works like six days a week. You know, and I, I got to respect that. I can't ask him to drop his life for me. Um, so it's going to happen. But unfortunately, I don't know when. But it's I'm, it's it's going to be delivered. I mean, that's that's a promise I'm willing to make, for sure, in, in the current iteration. Sweet. Yeah. What was that? I don't I don't know if you have anything else. That was kind of like that was my last real question because it just came to my mind. I was like, oh yeah. So I don't know if you have anything else or. I guess my real question would be from someone who's gone from the whole YouTube will be my career and then kind of coming to terms with maybe not. I have other things I want to be doing with my life. Is there any advice for people who are kind of on the fence with that of like, I really want to make this a thing, but I don't, I don't want to give up on it, but it's also burning me out and I don't know what to do one way or another if I just need to try harder or walk away. When you make content, you it's it's a you have to ride a very thin line the whole time. I would recommend people push your boundaries, but if it feels like it's too much, then feel very free to take a step backwards at the territory that you can handle because i i think a little bit of burnout is healthy for a career because when you come back you're fresh and it means that the thing you were working on you're working really hard on it and both of those things are good for content but at the same time you shouldn't exist in a constant state of burnout and you shouldn't exist in a constant state of hiatus it's a very thin line that you have to ride mm. when you make content i I'm, i feel lucky to have found my stride I hope everybody who makes content can find their own stride. If once a month works for you, then great. But if it feels like it's not enough, ramp it up. And if it feels like it's too much, then even back off a little further. But you should do, do what's best for the content and for you, not what's best for your revenue or best for your AdSense or anything like that. Or that random guy on Twitter who tells you you need to step up your pace. Yeah, seriously. I mean... <laughs> Because at the end of the day, it's all the only thing that's going to be left is you and the archived videos on YouTube. If somebody comes to watch the video 10 years later, will like, will that happen? Is, is somebody going to watch Fortnite highlights number 76 10 years from now? 
Is somebody going to watch Zombie Army Trilogy 10 years from now? I don't know. Maybe they see it for five cents on G2A and they're like, huh, never heard of this. Maybe I'll get it. But, you know, that's always kind of something to keep in mind is like, how long is this going to be relevant for? And if it's until your next video comes out, like Fortnite highlights, sure, I'm sure that gets plenty of views. But if you don't know how long it's going to be relevant for, you should try to make it relevant for as long as possible. So I guess at the end of the day, do what's best for you. Do what's best for your content. And, and ask yourself what the big picture is. Do you want people to be looking back on this in five years? Or do you want people to watch it, get their AdSense, and then go watch their next video? Because both of those are fine. It's just different approaches. That's the beautiful thing about YouTube. In, in the vast sea of complaining about YouTube, I would finally like to praise YouTube a little bit. <laughs> not the site, not the management, but the idea of it. The idea that you can just do whatever you really want with it, you know? And, you know, if you want to make money, you got to grind. But if you're, if you've kind of, you know, that's not for me, it's a very liberating experience. Awesome. Well, thank you for being on the show. It's good to have you back after a couple of seasons. Thanks so much for having me back. I Glad really to hear things it. are things are looking well for Strivera TV and you personally. Very much so. So we'll look forward to your next video. If anyone listening wants to check them out, I'll link Strivera TV's YouTube and Twitter down in the description below. And otherwise, we'll see you again next week for another episode of AV Underground. Until then, keep creating. See you. Bye-bye. AV Underground is a production of YDG Studios and is brought to you in part by our Patreon supporters, Eileen Hubbard and For Love of Nerd. To find out more about our guests this week, check the links in the description. Our intro music is 9 to Thrive by Culla. Find out more about Culla by visiting Culla.com. That's C-U-L-L-A-H.com. Do you have questions about getting started as a content creator that you'd like us to address in a future episode? Send us an email at yeahdudegamers at gmail.com with the subject line Ask AV Underground, and we just might include your question in an upcoming episode. AV Underground is hosted by MJ Watson and Josh Needham and is produced by Josh Needham.